Hello, everyone. My name is Mally, and I'm here to welcome you to our first official episode here on the New Creations Podcast. I am so excited that you're joining me. I believe it's going to be a powerful one. And for the month of May, we are talking about identity. I think it's really important for us to know who we are in Christ. And as this generation cries out, the main thing that they're crying out for is to be seen and to be loved and acknowledged. And so I think it's a great thing for us to talk about. I think it's a great thing for us Christians to talk about. I think it's a great thing for us 20 year olds to talk about because as we're graduating from college and as we're graduating from high school, as we're really figuring out our independence, we have to figure out who we are. And there's no better person to tell us who we are than the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So I'm really excited to share with you uh, the song for this week, the song that actually inspired the name of this episode. It is Gyra by Maverick City. In the lyrics, it says, I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am and I know what you've spoken. And I just love those lyrics. To be able to say that with confidence is to be able to walk in freedom, right? And walk in the authority that God has given us. And it actually ties into the verse for the week, which is, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I don't know about you, but there were a lot of seasons in my life where I needed to hear that, that God had called me out of darkness. I think that in life, it's very easy for us to get boggled down by the things that happen to us, um, our present, and to miss out on what God is doing right now in the middle of our storm. And I think it's really important for us as people to take the times when life is hard and it's crazy as an opportunity to remember who we are in Christ and that we are overcomers and conquerors through Christ. So like I said, we are talking about identity this month. And I think the best way to get into that is to share with you my story and my walk with Christ. It has not been linear and it has not been perfect. Uh, I believe that you'll be blessed. So for those of you that know me, uh, I am a singer. I am a songwriter. Um, I've done lots of other things, but those are my main things. And I love the Lord because he has saved me. And I don't mean that in a corny way. I mean multiple times in my life. And so my story kind of starts with me being the cute little uh, black girl that liked to sing Hannah Montana and liked to dance in elementary school. So I was always singing, always trying to make people laugh, make them smile. Uh, but I think I did that even as a kid because I had hurt. I am very sensitive. I've always been very sensitive and I think it's a blessing. Like now I can look back on my life and be like, oh, that's a gift from God to make me sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But I had a particular sensitivity to kids that had a two-parent household with their biological mom and their biological dad. That was not my story. And so I actually, as a kid, this is going to surprise me, y'all. I was a bully, okay? I was a mean kid. 
and I actually picked on this one girl named Danielle and I picked on her solely for the fact that her mom and her dad were together and that she had her mom and her dad um, and that her dad like would pick her up from school and like do stuff with her and like you know like take her to a park or you know just spend time with her and that I didn't have that consistently in my life you know my mom loved me my biological dad loved me and my stepdad loved me but just the fact that my mom and my biological dad were not together it made me feel like I was getting some kind of knockoff family and you can imagine what God did when we got to middle school he put me in a class where she was the only person I knew so that I could get up and go apologize yep Jesus checked me and so I went up to her I asked her for forgiveness and from that experience it bloomed a really beautiful friendship and I can now say she's one of my best friends and we look back on you know the way we acted when we were in elementary school and we laugh I think God saw me even then and knew that I needed a friend and it's so crazy because I was envying her for having both of her parents in her life but little did I know that her story was similar to mine in a lot of ways and so she was my companion through this journey of middle school and high school and you can imagine that things did not get easier for either of us. We were not the cool kids, y'all, okay? Um, not even a little bit. We were the weirdos. And very quickly in school, if you're not cool, you get picked on. And so me knowing that I'm sensitive, I very quickly turned that you know that tool of liking to make people smile and make people laugh into a coping mechanism and what I would do is I would make sure that if someone says something hurtful or mean that I made another follow-up joke with it so then we're both laughing because if we're both laughing it doesn't hurt that bad and I kept this kind of streak going being the funny black girl um, in school all the way through high school and it's really what I think got me through high school so that I wasn't bullied because then people were like oh she's funny and they didn't like make fun of my appearance I mean if they did they just didn't do it in front of me so that gave me some kind of relief so I did that for a lot of the time that I was in school I just made people laugh um, and I tried to get myself into the the, the popular groups and um, I didn't make the cut okay I didn't have long hair um, I didn't have the, the coolest things. I did not have Victoria's Secret leggings and Aeropostale sweatshirts, okay? Uh, I did not have an iPod touch. I'm taking y'all back, okay? I was holding it down with the Nano. Um, I also went through this time where I was one of the kids. I thought I was a fashion icon, okay? I just want to let you know this before I follow up with what I'm about to tell you. So all the girls were wearing like Converse that was the thing that was in. So you wear like a sweatshirt, Aeropostale, black, like Victoria's Secret leggings, and then you wear like Converse. Well, here's my thing. Um, my parents didn't get me playing Converse. I don't actually know where they got these, these particular Converse that I'm about to explain to you. Um, but wherever they found them, I love my parents, but that was not okay. I had knee-high, zip-up, beige, plaid converse yeah you didn't know that existed but when I tell you I would show up with my black leggings 
I would, or, or my bell-bottom jeans, and I would tuck them in to these ridiculously tall shoes so that people would think that I had skinny jeans because my mama wasn't buying me skinny jeans. She was like, you already got regular jeans that fit you just fine. Uh, so I just had to like, I had to make it work. Just cue my inner fashion stylist. And listen, I really thought I was making some moves. The kids in my school, they, they didn't agree. Uh, <laughs> I wanted so badly to fit in. I wanted so badly to be seen as beautiful. I wanted to be seen as popular that I... Uh, spent the duration that I was in middle school and most of my time in high school really hating my appearance. I had a legitimate fear, which I genuinely do believe came from the pit of hell, that if I stayed in the sun too long that I would be ugly. I had so many insecurities when it came to how my body physically looked. I did not like my hair. I didn't like my teeth. I was just really even though I wasn't verbally mean to myself, I never like stood in the mirror and said mean things to myself. I didn't have positive views on my appearance. And I very quickly just started to add up all these different hurts that I had between like my dad not being there in the way that I wanted him to be. Um, you know, me not fitting in with the other kids and getting bullied. Also me just trying to figure out where I fit in because I was also still a Christian. I was going to youth group and that also made me different. You know, me struggling with all these things led me to really start having control issues. So I went on to start struggling with my eating. So I did not eat properly. Now, some of y'all are like, oh, she's just saying she's picky. Um, (laughs) I don't know what was going on with me, but I would go through these times where if I was really stressed or I um, didn't like something that happened or I didn't like something that I did, I would punish myself and I would not eat. And however long it went on was however long it went on. And I knew it was a problem because even the thought of someone like letting somebody else know that I wasn't eating properly and the potential that that person might like start monitoring how I ate and and like forcing me to eat properly like that induced fear so I started to notice that that was a problem and you know when you're in middle school then girls start to have boyfriends so then that added another layer so you know I had insecurities I had these kind of um, views of myself that were really poor and then I started looking for outside validation to heal those hurts Uh, if you get bullied as a kid and people say things to you about the way that you look, you're going to be looking for someone to say, hey, I know what those other people said about you, but I think you're beautiful. Best person to go to to tell you that it's of course Jesus. But as a kid, you're like, yeah, people be telling me about that Jesus stuff. But like, I want a boy to say I'm cute. I want a boy to tell me that I'm cute and I want to have a boyfriend. And so then I went through the whole period that girls go through where, you know, you, you have like the semi-formal at your middle school and you have junior prom and then you have senior prom. And so for semi-formal, I had gone up to this one kid that I had thought was so cute and I asked him to go with me to the dance and I will not repeat what he said, but what he said was something that really stuck with me for years. And, um, you know, his comment really hurt me. And, you know, the thing is, as a kid, I very rarely had angry outbursts. 
for me, I always felt bad if I got angry. Uh, so whenever I was upset, I would take it out on myself. So whether that be I didn't eat properly or I just went in my room and I cried and I just kind of like emotionally be down on myself, I never really fully and healthily dealt with my emotions. And so I had all these insecurities and then I was going to boys to try and heal them and they didn't. When I got into my first actual relationship and we started dating, the main thing that he liked about me was my looks. And I thought, I hit the jackpot, yo, like this man thinks I'm fine. Like, yes, see, this is what I've been trying to show y'all. Like y'all have been missing out. The chocolate is where it's at. And so uh, we were dating. And of course, just like this, the fairy tales go, everything's perfect in the beginning. Um, but slowly as the relationship continued, I saw how wobbly our foundation was and that it was really based solely on physical attraction. I was really naive when I got into my first relationship. Um, and that's not an excuse for when people do things that they shouldn't, uh, but it definitely does put you in a bad spot. I unfortunately came out of that relationship with a lot more wounds than I could have anticipated that I would have had. And when that relationship ended by the grace of God, I had even more, even more issues to deal with. My uh, addiction to pornography and masturbating that I had since middle school that kind of came up when I would get rejected. When that addiction started, it didn't stop when I got into my first relationship. It continued. And um, after my relationship ended, it got worse. You know, I had been in this relationship where I had been doing things um, and opening myself up to these desires that are meant to be fulfilled with your husband. And once that person was no longer there to fulfill those, those desires that I had, the desires were still there. Pornography um, and masturbating got worse. I didn't find freedom until college. I, I didn't find freedom till college. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of it was because I was so ashamed first and then I didn't care. And then people were saying it was normal and that everybody does it. So it's fine, but it still didn't sit well with me. And because I never addressed it, it stayed and it made its home in my life. Something spiritual was going on. Um, and so I found freedom when the Lord really revealed to me what my main issue was. My main issue was unbelief. I did not believe that after all these years that Jesus could actually set me free. And when I took the time to realize that my talk was not matching my walk, God was able to work from that point. And I started to declare certain verses over my life. You know, I was like, Lord, it says in your word, it doesn't come back void. You said who the sun sets free is free indeed. That means I can walk in freedom. I can walk in freedom because of your son, not because of me. God just also gave me the boldness to be really honest with people that I cared about their opinions that were really close to me. And I was able to get 
a group of girls that I love so very much that have blessed me um, and that hold me accountable in my relationship that I'm currently in um, and in my own personal walk with Jesus. They hold me accountable and they encourage me. That's the thing. I was bound for a long time because I didn't know who my father was. And because I didn't know who my father was, I didn't know who I was. Maybe you're in the same place as me. Maybe you're not. Regardless, you can get something from my testimony. It's not a pretty one, but it's not meant to be. And I really want people who have seen me sing and seen me worship to understand that I'm not better than any one of you. I'm not extra special. I am not perfect. All I am is a girl that really wants to honor the Lord. And when I get before him, I really want him to say those words, well done, good and faithful servant. So for me, it's sharing my story and my testimony because I know that people are going to find freedom. If you are a lady that is struggling with sexual sin, if you're a young man that's struggling with sexual sin, you're not alone. Please reach out to me via DM or um, any social media of mine that you have I would love to connect with you and talk to you and encourage you and um, maybe be your partner on this journey of freedom to help you know that you're not alone. God has done such amazing things in my life and really rewrote and transformed some of the darkest times in my life and held on to me in the times where I was afraid that I'd let go. My encouragement to you is don't let the devil shut you up. That's what my mom has always said to me as a child. When I forgot the words the first time I ever performed to the times where I mess up when I'm singing or when I'm speaking, don't let the devil shut you up. You still have a story to tell. God still has work set out for you to do and accomplish. You have a purpose. And right now, God is calling you out of darkness into his wonderful light. If you're here because you know me and we either met in college or we crossed paths at some point in life, I'm here to encourage you and give you some perspective and let you know that that is not a coincidence, that you were meant to hear this podcast and that if you were looking for hope, Jesus is the only place to find it. You are so loved. Not only by me, but by the king of the universe. I'm free. There's nothing I can do to make God love me any less. I'm singing from a place of thanksgiving because there were so many seasons in my life where Jesus could have let me go and he didn't. And I'm hoping that each one of you will get to experience that because there's nothing that compares to that kind of joy. So it's officially time. I'm sending you off on your day and I'm encouraging you to do one thing nice for someone random today, whether it's a kind, encouraging word, or maybe blessing someone, paying for their meal, um, paying for their gas. Because you're blessed, it's good to be a blessing. And it's good for us, those who love the Lord, to really show other people the love of Christ. We are representing him. When you say you're a Christian, people have to see you're a Christian. I heard one young lady say that this generation's love language is acts of service. So I encourage you 
to walk that out. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and leave a comment and share it with someone. Come back next week. We'll have the same type of conversations and I'm believing that they'll be just as powerful. 